Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada, with another episode of The Yacking Show. This is the show that provides you with a wider range of actionable business ideas and tips than you'll find practically anywhere else on the internet. And don't miss out on our guests. Sign up for our weekly newsletter on our website, theyackingshow.com. First task for me, introduce co-host Kathleen Beauvais down the road from me in Waterloo, Ontario. Hi, Kathleen. Nice to be back on the show. And how are you doing today? Yes, it is, Peter, and I'm doing great. Thank you. And thank you all so very much for tuning in to our show. We so appreciate you, and we love reading your comments, so please keep those coming. And if anyone is interested in being a guest on our show, we invite you to visit our website at, as Peter said, theyackingshow.com. All you need to do is click on the Contacts tab, where you will find a short application form, and we would love to hear from you. And as he mentioned, there is another special guest with us today. Her name is Jess Kotzer. Hello, Jess. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much, Kathleen and Peter, for having me. And hello from Barrie, Ontario. Wonderful. Now, Jess is a consultant who specializes in implementing automated systems to save time for business owners. But first, um, we're going to delve into that in just a bit. But first, can you give us a little bit about your background and what led you into the world of automation of business processes? Yeah, so it was a reluctant start. I never wanted to get technical. I feel like a lot of us, if you look back 15 years, did not see how tech savvy we all became coming. Mm -hmm. But I started off as a junior marketer. So I went to the one of those boot camp, you know, millennial colleges where you learn how to become a marketer and you're shipped off to an agency. So I started in marketing and then my family reached out to me one day when I'm still a junior and basically their director of marketing had fudged numbers and lost the millions of dollars. And maybe since you're from Ontario, you've heard of Samco and Miko Toy Warehouse. This is one of the largest Canadian toy stores around, and it's been around for 50 years. And all of a sudden, my family is calling me in a panic, saying, please come help. We need you to replace our director, also replace $200,000 in outsourced labor, and cut back ad spend by $450,000. And fingers crossed, we'll have our doors open by the end of the year. So I only got into automation really out of desperation because I needed to clone myself and I could not just focus on my marketing strategy. Um, I needed more of me. So that is where I really started thinking about all the ways I can use things like Zapier. And I just went down a rabbit hole and have just started automating every nook and cranny of my business. I can take it really far. I can automate my, my personal life. Uh, just when I'm bored, I start automating. So it started off as a very reluctant path. But once I saw the results, once we ended up making an extra million dollars that year, I was just hooked. And now I hope that we're all automating because there's so many tools that that make it easy for for people who don't who are not coders to really learn how to do this. Wow. So not <laughs> only did you turn the ship around, you helped the company earn another $1 million in revenue. Jess, that's yes. remarkable. And I'm sorry, I didn't catch the name of the company when you mentioned it. I, I didn't quite hear it. It's Samco and Nico Toy Warehouse. 
Okay. So it, it's just in Canada, but it's a Canadian toy store. Wonderful. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. you, you should be so proud of, of that accomplishment. Very good. Yeah. 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 So just for those of our audience who, who are not familiar with what can be automated, what, what are some of the routine tasks that you typically start off with automating when you start working with somebody? That's a great question. And it depends on your business. So if you're a consultant, what are the repetitive tasks that you're doing all the time? Probably taking discovery calls, following up with either a contract or a, a thank you, we're not a great fit, but um, keep in touch. So there's going to be different things that you do in your business, but a lot of it's going to be repetitive. Mm -hmm. What is involved in that workflow for a consultant versus a social media manager who is repetitively uh, creating new tweets or TikToks and posting them and distributing them across channels or a podcaster who invites a guest on their show. They either say yes or no. And there's all these steps that happen from that invitation all the way to getting that show on social media or getting the clips up on social media. So it, it really depends on what you do. I just ran a summit and the automation steps involved there. Um, I was really thinking about the speakers and vendors. So going from invitation to uh, to heck yes or not right now. And from there, sending them their contracts and their intake forms and making sure that I can see on my end what they've already done. So I don't ask them again if they've, they've done it. Or I do send a reminder if they still need to sign a contract or sign up as an affiliate. So it really depends on the business, but it's all about the repetitive task work. Some of mm -hmm. it's kind of complicated. Some of it's a little different. Like we send emails all the time. Not every email is going to be the same. I'm going to ask Kathleen how her mom's doing after knee surgery in, in her email, plus the onboarding script. But I won't ask you, Peter, that if your mom has not also just come out of knee surgery. So there's some dynamic bits with automation. Mm -hmm. We want to maintain our personal connections and not just be spam, really, and make it super impersonal, with, especially with our VIP relationships. Uh, but there are lots of bits in our communication, even with important relationships that are basically copy-pasted. So when you're copy-pasting, when you're clicking and clacking, when you're in dozens of different interfaces, for me, the the real point is to shrink it down into the least amount of interfaces and clicks, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is possible with all sorts of different tools. There's really thousands of, of they're called no-code tools. That's what the, the kids are calling it these days uh, that make it really easy for, for people who are not programmers to learn right. how to use these tools. So, so would I be right, sorry, quick one, right in thinking that things like Asana, which we use, and uh, Zapier, Zapier, however you pronounce, those are two of the sort of tools that you don't need any code for that you can use? Yeah, and Zapier. Zapier. Zapier, Zapier, no idea. Um, but that tool, Zapier and Make, are two really big aggregator tools. So mm -hmm. you so when you have other tools like Asana, uh, just go into Zapier and see if that is integrated with 
Zapier, if it is, then that's where you can make those connections with different tools. Maybe you want to connect with Sana and Calendly. You would go into Zapier and just see if that connection uh, works in there. And typically, that's where you're going to do all of your automations. Okay. I think we got some homework to do, Kathleen, because we use all of those, but not not integrated. <laughs> I know. I, I'm just sitting here thinking, oh, you must have you must have a repository of a whole whack of <laughs> tools in your head that when you're working with a client that you, oh, yes, based on what their needs are, oh, yes, you could use this particular software with that particular software. Am I right? Or <laughs> Yes. And I do have my go-to tools, but so does everyone else. And a, a beautiful thing about no-code automation is that we can merge them together so you don't need to shop around for the most expensive all-in-one tool mm -hmm. solution that really isn't all-in-one there it's impossible to find something that is perfect for your quirky business mm -hmm. so yes i do love to sit down with people figure out your unique workflow and and piece it all together wow and so mm -hmm. what's your typical what is your typical client then it's a mix up between event producers. Mm. So a current client is running a, a horse racing competition in Texas. Mm. So, so that's really event processes and making sure that speakers, not speak, sorry, I just also ran a summit, um, players, sponsors, team captains and teams are all in a database where all their intake information is coming in, all their transactions are coming in to this one database where you can also send automated emails and, and distribute content. But I also love working with consultants who just have too many clients coming in and they don't know how to speed up their onboarding process and just getting some Calendly to close and really, um, really maximizing the Calendly experience that a lot of us use Calendly or tools like that. And mm -hmm. it saves so much time that we can save even more time with the, the discovery call process, getting that client booked and, and making, you know, right after the call, sending a super personalized email that's already partially scripted with their contract and their invoice with the specific amount and everything being automating automated in the end with a few like fill in the blanks. I really like doing that. I don't know why. Um, it's just a really simple but eclectic series of dominoes right. and that is easy, easy to put together with all sorts of tools. And I, mm -hmm. I think some people use various like ourselves, right, Peter, we use several tools, like yeah. that we use Calendly and we use Asana, but I think we probably don't know the depth of what we could use them for. I mean, Calendly, we probably are using just a fraction of what it's capable of doing for us. So you would probably, someone like you would step in and say, well, no, there's a lot more that you can do with it. And and uh, am I right about that? Something that you could do with it because your podcast host is have your podcast guests fill, fill in their information on Cal in Calendly. And then send all of that information to Airtable or SmartSuite. These are database tools and, and 
it's really, if you want to become an automation whiz, using a database, building your own custom database is going to make the difference between saving five hours a week and and 100 hours a month. So you could pull all your information and your guest and their bio, all the things that they've filled it in in their intake form into Airtable. Then you could kind of use it to read off of during your, your interview. So have some uh, formulas in there that pull some bits, like maybe they have suggested, they've suggested their YouTube headline. So you can now in Airtable, click a button and create a YouTube thumbnail with their suggested YouTube headline and a headshot that you've pulled from their website or the internet. And that could just automatically be created, created with a wow. click of a button. And you can also send, when you're ready, send this video of your podcast directly to YouTube with the click of a button as well, with the, the title in the title place on YouTube and the description, maybe it's partially their description and call to action, and also some of your own evergreen text pulled together into now your YouTube description. And you can also, as soon as it's on YouTube, have an email sent to your guests to say, thank you so much. By the way, our video is now live or unlisted here. You can check it out. Uh, I'm still making some final touches or whatever it is. So you can, you can really do a lot for podcasting by using Calendly, Zapier, and Airtable. Airtable. Uh, yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> I've just been playing around with Airtable, and um, oh, yes. I didn't know if it was going to help me a lot more than Asana. So you like Airtable for as a database, do you? I use Airtable to basically make my own QuickBooks and to keep track of all my transactions, my podcasts, my content distribution all happens in Airtable. Um, I use it wow. as a CRM and I use it to scrape contracts that people have filled elsewhere into Airtable. Um, it's just, you can turn it into whatever you want it to be. So for me, I'd like that flexibil flexibility. It's a blank canvas, but if you're starting out, it's gonna, it's a little overwhelming because it is a blank canvas. Mm -hmm. So there's absolutely pros and cons. Sometimes you just want to use a tool that was built to do that thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you if you really want to uh, build something custom to you and your processes, then I I think Airtable is. I don't oh. know if there's anything better than Airtable really? on the market right now for it for automation, especially. Wow. So, I must I must have another look at it. Yeah, for sure. I, um, what you said you had some of your favorite ones. What was? Can you tell us what some of your favorite ones are? I'm sure Zapier is one. Airtable and do you have? Okay. Yeah. So there's a tool called Repurpose.io, and you can use this without Airtable or Zapier. It's twenty five dollars a month, and this is a tool where you can post on. TikTok, Shorts, Instagram, and it will repurpose it or repost it anywhere. So your TikTok gets posted to Facebook without the watermark. Um, your, and it also gets posted to Instagram and LinkedIn, wherever you decide to post it. So that's a really good tool if you're mm. a content creator and you want to be 
everywhere without you know dealing with scheduling tools that are great but but if you just want to get your content out there and you're one of those people who wakes up and and you know shoots a video and just want it everywhere repurpose is great abyssal or abyssal i don't know how you pronounce it but it's a b y s s a l e that's the tool that integrates with Airtable, and that's where you can have a an image like a headshot and some text like a you know a YouTube title, and click a button and turn it into a, a YouTube template um, with your brand colors. You can even have an option like a drop down to click different hex codes. So maybe you want to change up the the background color sometimes. So I really like that if you're trying to make a lot of, uh, of graphic content quickly. For me, especially with the summit, I used it to take all of my vendors. I had 69 vendors. So I wanted to make sure that their headshot was the, the featured headshot in, in their vertical and horizontal, mm-hmm. like in their uh, swipe styles. So I could do that in, in a few seconds by just having that automation and that integration between Airtable and Abyssale. There's another tool called Data Fetcher. It's also an integration with Airtable. And this is a tool that I I use with my family business where we scrape our Facebook ads, our Google ads, our WooCommerce sales. And every single day I can see how much we're spending per location how much we're bringing in per location, which coupon codes are being used. So we use wholesale in, in some of the coupon co- codes. And then I can filter that out so I can see we've spent, we've made this much with wholesale and this much with retail. And, and then we can also create graphs. And my accountant could, instead of asking me, which I don't know if this is a pet peeve of yours too, but you know, your accountant sends you bills and you have to go like look at, the number, Facebook, see like how much you spent during those days. So now he can just go into this dashboard that's created in real time with these tools. Um, for me, it's created every hour, it scrapes more data from WooCommerce, Google Ads, and Facebook Ads. And he can set the dates that he's looking for to uh, do our accounting. So I really like that tool as well. If you're If you want to automate cash flow reports, I feel like especially with corporate and larger businesses, people make so much money spending an hour a day making reports that that could be automated in fractions of pennies by by robots. And I know this there's like some nuance here because it's a touchy subject having robots take over. But some tasks are are just they're repetitive and and they're not creative tasks and they're still so so tedious like cash mm-hmm. flow reports so that's why i really like data structure for that there's there's so many are there sorry just what was what was that one that produces the reports what was that called that's called data fetcher data fetcher and and if somebody is trying to increase their email list i'm sure there's a way of <laughs> Of doing that as well. <laughs> um, what what advice would you have for them? 
for creating, for increasing your email list, I mean, this is where I'm going to fall back onto collaboration. I think that we still need a human element and mm -hmm. you can absolutely save time with automation. So especially if you're creating lots of content, you can absolutely save time with automation. But I still think to create an email list, um, visibility is huge and building that no like trust factor is huge and for me i'm lazy and i also like to really nurture a few relationships rather than be off you know be everywhere so for me i really like to think of who else serves my ideal audience how can i get to know them how can they get to know like and trust me before i ask for any favors Mm -hmm. And this is where I think of a podcast or a summit. It's just a great way to build credibility because mm -hmm. you can reach out to bigger fish who have, you might be starting from scratch uh, with your email list. But if you reach out to someone with 30,000 followers and you're like, hey, I read your reader magnet or your lead magnet and I learned X, Y, Z. And when I implemented it, this happened. I just want to say thank you so much. And you open up an opportunity for dialogue mm -hmm. and and then make intro you know introduce them to people thank them for things check in see how their mom's knee is doing and then when you do ask for something for me the first ask is can i invite you on my podcast so you can talk about yourself or would you like to speak on my stage at my summit so that's a really easy ask and then down the road you have all these IOUs when you you are looking for someone to help promote mm -hmm. or, you know, people are, are generally pretty nice and they're going to want to help promote the podcast interview that they did with you. So really looking for those connections uh, with people who already have 1,000, 5,000, 10,000 people in their audience and building rapport with them. And I actually do have automations for maintaining these relationships too, where I use Airtable. And you could probably use other tools as well. Uh, but I like that instead of using a CRM with mm -hmm. Airtable, I can set up my own scripts. I have thank you scripts, check-in scripts, introduction scripts, and ask scripts. And I set up an automation to make sure that if I have not reached out to anyone for at least a month, I'm going to get a weekly email to myself saying, hey, Jess, reach out to these people this week. Last time you reached out to Bob, you asked you asked for a favor. So make sure you don't ask for something again. Check in, ask, but make an introduction, something else. Right. Um, if it's been a really long time, then definitely don't ask for a favor the first time you reach out. So I do have automations for nurturing those relationships as well. Right. Wow. Wow. Well, you've answered them. What I was going to ask you was that what about CRMs like the one that's built into WooCommerce and the Jetpack one, which we're using as well? So you find your you can do better with Airtable than using those? Well, WooCommerce, um, I think WooCommerce is going to be important or Shopify or, or some sort of e-commerce tool is going to be important. Mm -hmm. I have... I have seen large supply chain companies use Airtable instead. There's new uh, 
There's new website builders like softer.io, spelled like softer without the E. And you can build your e-commerce website on top of an Airtable interface. Oh, okay. So it's really versatile, but I'm, I would still advocate for WooCommerce. If you're selling, if you're selling a few dozen products mm-hmm. or, you know, let alone a few thousand products, I still use WooCommerce and I would not move everything onto Airtable um, because sometimes it's good to use the tools that were built for what they do, even though you could kind of rebuild QuickBooks and kind of rebuild WooCommerce. These are billion dollar companies that do things really well. Even you yeah. could make your your calendar booking tool. You could replace Calendly as well, but I wouldn't do that just because everybody else uses Calendly. So when you use it and you send a link to other people, it's already integrated with their calendar and it's a nice user experience for them. So I would not replace WooCommerce with Airtable. Right. There's a, you, you've also got to look at the best time for, for other people who are not as skilled as you are at automations, the best time of your best use of your time. And for mm-hmm. me, for us, WooCommerce works fine for what we need it for. I would have to spend hours on on something else to try and replicate that. It's not, not worth it for me. Yeah. So yes. so you're obviously quite comfortable with using AI and automations. You don't see that as a threat to your business at all? No, not to my business, but I do think uh, that this is not just another, you know, like back in the day, people were probably afraid of of every progressive thing, like writing the first thing on paper. I'm sure somebody out there was afraid of that. It's not documented because they were afraid of writing on paper, but with the industrial revolution, there's lots of points in history where lots of jobs were um, became obsolete and then other jobs were created. I do think that this is an interesting time where there will be a lot more obsolete jobs than jobs created. Mm-hmm. There will be jobs created now sure. that we have more AI, we'll have AI technicians and, um, and machine learning engineers. But I think it's a, this is a nuanced conversation. Mm-hmm. Because I I don't know. Uh, I think the future for me is uh, concerning in, in many ways. I think mm-hmm. as a millennial, just growing up with environmental catastrophe looming in the future and not much changing in terms of our habits has been concerning and, and not having real uh, systems in place to deal with how many jobs will become obsolete is absolutely concerning as well. Mm-hmm, for sure. That, yeah. that said, I do think that there's a lot of businesses that will go bankrupt if they do not automate. Like my yeah. family business, for example, uh, this is a business that supports dozens of, of employees that I've known my whole life. And, and, and instead of continuing to pay, um, outsource contractors and supporting them and their lives we had to make a decision to cut back so that these few dozen employees and my parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles who all are involved in the business um, 
had a livelihood. So it's really complicated because some businesses will fall if they're not automating just because it's a very competitive market. There's also a lot of people who are struggling, maybe a looming recession. Um, it's scary times. And mm -hmm. that's why for me, automation is, is necessary. It's also very exciting for new entrepreneurs who have blank slate systems and can leverage all these tools versus the people who have been around for 10 years or 15 years or, or longer and have been so used to having all of this cushion. Mm -hmm. um, I think the profit margins um, will get much smaller for people who, who do spend lots of money on big teams and and um, big offices and and having people who are sort of maintenance workers right like at this point even, even like silicon valley jobs are being replaced by automation yep. so right. a lot of us are now just becoming maintenance workers and in a sense um, that leaves more room for us to be more creative than ever yeah. right. right but we need to make money and eat so this is a complicated issue i'm curious what you both think well i i'll kick off quick one i i went through when i started my working career calculators that had not long been in i did my whole school education system with no calculators we use slide rules right and logarithm tables and all that sort of thing so then when i started in business there were no computers well there was a few mainframes that took up the whole floor and then one of the big uh, advances was fax machines, right, which made the telex machine and telex operator obsolete. And it wasn't that many years, and fax machines were virtually obsolete. So I've seen waves and waves of this, but I, I tend to agree with you that I do think this is going to displace more jobs than it's going to create. Um, we thought that with the advent of word processors, it was going to do secretaries, and then personal computers would do replace secretaries, which it did to a large degree, but a lot of those people who would have been secretaries went on to become something else. So that wasn't as serious as what I think we're seeing now. An interesting one, one of the platforms I, or one of the communities I'm involved in on Discord, somebody today was saying in one of the chats there that they've just noticed a new, a new job category The big companies are advertising for prompt, prompt question creators for things like chat GPT, they're, they're employing people with a specific skill of creating prompts for chat GPT and other AI, right? So anyway, that's uh, just, what do you think, Kathleen? That's just my, my thoughts. It, it's, it's, a, it's a tough, it's a tough thing. And I guess it all depends on what it is that you're doing. Because mm -hmm. in certain situations, I think AI could be brilliant and a wonderful opportunity but then you're you're right. I mean, there's always that risk that you know the AI machines or software might replace a person, and you'd hate for that to happen. But it's just how life evolves, I guess. I, I honestly don't have a better answer. But we are running short on time, We're and I do have time. some more questions to ask you, Jess. So, at what point? Should a business consider offloading some of their tasks? That's, I mean, we certainly don't want a business to get to the point where your family's business was, you know, do we close our doors or what do we do here? 
at what point should somebody say, okay, I need help here? At, at what point should they consider offloading? I think we don't know what we don't know, right? So they're just like with business, you you learn as you go. And I think with, with automation, a lot of us don't realize that you can automate so much more than your email welcome sequence. I think it's time to start automating when you you know what's available. Um, I, I would encourage everybody, every entrepreneur and person to just start asking YouTube, uh, you know, fun ways to automate your life so you can see what's possible. Right. And then I think it's also important to have an idea of what what is working in your business so that you, you know, this is, I'm going to keep doing this thing. So how do I automate that? And having a clear idea of what is involved in your workflow. If you don't know how to articulate your workflow to a robot, you can't really automate it. Mm -hmm. So having an idea of what your repetitive tasks are and how it flows from start to finish for your, your podcast workflow, your content workflow, and start with one. And you can always uh, manipulate it and change it down the road. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, once you mm -hmm. have a couple podcasts out and you're like, okay, I, I like this workflow, that's a good time to start automating because it can take 15 minutes or 30 minutes to set up an automation. And then you say five minutes a day and that's two and a half waking days of your life. Mm -hmm. So it really, it really adds up and it's so worth it to start automating once you know what those processes are that could be automated. Right. And I think what puts into perspective as well is this, what's your time worth? I mean, if you're, if when you're doing creative stuff, you're earning round figures, a hundred bucks an hour, it seems stupid for someone who's capable of doing that to be spending hours a day on stuff that could be done either by automation or by someone else at 15 bucks an hour. Right. So yeah. there's a, there's a, at some point, there's a break even that you've got to look at on, on time. Kathleen, back to you. Or is it me? Back to you, Peter. <laughs> oh, getting mixed up. Sorry. I'm talking too much. So, so Jess, here's one. It, it's a little unfair because you're one of our younger guests, which we really appreciate, but certainly one of our more knowledgeable on things like automation and systems, for sure. We, we ask all our people who we consider are successful in their business or their undertaking, their area of expertise, if there's one thing that they've seen that differentiates, so one characteristic mindset, value, habit, that differentiates successful people who are successful, in, not just in creating wealth, but having a well-balanced life. Is there something simple that differentiates them from those who remain average and stressed out, or is it more complicated than that? What's your thoughts on that one? I think it's a little complicated, but I think lifelong students, you know, people who consider themselves lifelong students yep. are, are going to be more adaptable when mm -hmm. things do change and things are changing really fast. So keep learning, keep Googling or chat GBTing uh, for, for answers so that, uh, so that you can keep growing as technology grows. Excellent yep. answer. Oh Very my good God. answer. You know and, what? And 
sorry, I was just going to throw in from yep. my from my long long life of seventy two years that, and I had parents who encouraged me to do exactly that to keep asking questions. If there's one thing that's helped me in life, it's it's that is being curious and just learning. That's why I can still do what I'm doing now when most people are playing bowls or something. Anyway, <laughs> that's me. Back to you, Kathy. Well, we are uh, have almost run out of time, but Jess, it's been just fantastic. Can you please tell us how people can contact you? So my name is Jess Kotzer. My handle's everywhere. Jess Kotzer. My website, jesskotzer.com. So just Google my name and you'll find Jess Kotzer. <laughs> Perfect. Right. We have that. And um, we'll have I, think, that I think what you've created for yourself is just so invaluable. And I can see, I can see a lot of our viewers and uh, people listening uh, reach out to you for, for help. And um, mm-hmm. I hope to sometime have you back because I think there's so many other questions that we wanted to ask you today, but it's been a pleasure having you on the show today, Jess. So thank you for coming on. Thank you, Jess. Yes, been wonderful. Been very good. Yes, it has. All right. It so um, that's it for us for today. And until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.